Hi neighbors whose children have challenges around food. Welcome to 2021. Yes, 2021. I'm certainly hoping that in some ways it's different from 2020. So what did you do for New Year's? How did you celebrate? I watched a countdown in town on my television screen. My daughter was up really late because she had a fun day. Uh, we made these castles of cardboard boxes and then pretended to be princes and princesses. Then on New Year's Day, I did an outdoor egg hunt with her. At this point, I'm pretty obsessed with the idea of filling plastic eggs with trinkets and then hiding them on trails in the woods. She goes on these longer hikes as there are multiple surprise eggs on the trails and she has fun looking for the eggs. I keep her busy and allows us to form these holiday traditions in the era of 2019 when social visits are limited. I want her to form these traditions and right now looking for toy filled eggs and going on hikes seems to be one of them. We make up stories for each of the holidays and why toy-filled eggs must be part of the holiday. For Halloween, we talked about how witches ride ravens and not brooms in some parts of Germany. And some Swedish people believe that the harsh song of the crow sounds very much like the noise that ghosts make. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty bad at making that noise, but anyway, it sounds a little bit like that. For Thanksgiving, we had the turkey, and of course, turkeys lay eggs. For Christmas, we had the 12 birds of Christmas, and they include the six geese the laying. And for New Year's, we celebrated National Birthday, the National Birthday, which is January 5th, a little early. Uh, so what is National Birthday? It's an official American holiday that raises awareness as to the plight of exotic birds wild birds. Anyway, <laughs> there you have it. All of these birds lay eggs and that's where we were going to go find. We were going to find that the birds that the the eggs that the birds laid. They're pretend eggs, of course. Um, but they were filled with these tiny little trinkets, which she loved. And then, of course, we reused the eggs over and over again because we're trying to be environmentally friendly. Okay, so while my daughter was uh, finding eggs, I thought a lot about 2021. Every year I have New Year's resolutions. Probably you have uh, had New Year's resolutions in the years past as well. At the beginning of the new year, uh, you tell yourself that you'll accomplish this specific goal or you'll change your behavior. For some of you that may be exercising or eating more healthy or losing those 10 extra undesired pounds or um, helping your child with the feeding in an even more action-packed way. At the beginning of the year, um, I want to give you this example of what happens at the beginning of the year, and I'll use the example of going to the gym and telling yourself you're going to exercise more. So at the beginning of the year, when I go to the gym, the gym seems to be packed um, Okay, so it almost seems like everybody who in the years past went to see the ball drop in Times Square then moved over to uh, my gym, to the gym I belong to, and decided to camp out there for like a month or two. The gym is incredibly crowded. Okay, so that's years past. This year might be a little bit different. I think probably fewer people are going to the gym because of the social restrictions around COVID-19. But in years past, the gym used to be very, very packed. But by 
March <laughs> or April, there were not as many people at the gym. A lot of the people who started off strong with their New Year's resolution saying, we're going to go to the gym every day. A couple months later, a lot of them weren't there anymore. They couldn't stick to it. They couldn't stick to their goals. They couldn't stick to their New Year's resolutions. And um, I, I fall into that category too with some of the things that I've um, not been able to stick to. But I wanted to talk to you about a way that we can stick to things better together. Um, this year, I got myself a calendar to uh, organize my week and I'm going to discuss that a little bit and I'm just going to give you some of the ways that you can better stick to your um, New Year's resolutions or whatever goals that you have because this platform is about feeding. It's about children who are very picky eaters, who seem to lack a sense of hunger, um, who have feeding tubes, who are only dream feeding, things like that, because that platform's about it. We're going to talk about how you can stick more to the goals that you and your child have when it comes to feeding. Hi, I'm Dr. Evka. I'm a physician and mom to young child who fed reluctantly. I remember feeling so scared and so alone. It was hard for me to find the answers and solutions as to why my child has significant feeding difficulties. It was hard to improve the feeding. Fast forward past many doctor's visits, lots of reading, multiple certifications and various aspects of feeding and many feeding therapy sessions with me as a mom, you will see a mom and a child who has come a long way in the feeding department. Life feels so much less scary. I have so much powerful knowledge regarding early childhood feeding. Feeding has become easier and I have more of my life back. I created this feeding handbook podcast as I want to have actionable, simple, step-by-step strategies so that you don't have to feel as scared or as alone as I once did. If you have some questions about nutrition, picky eating, and lack of hunger, if you have a young child with lots of symptoms but no good solutions regarding why feeding seems so much harder than you would expect, if you feel confused, scared, or overwhelmed regarding your child's feeding, you're in the right place. Let's get learning. Just remember that this material is for educational purposes only. I'm not your doctor. If your child has specific medical concerns, please see your doctor or other members of your healthcare team. Okay, today's episode is sponsored by the Feeding Handbook Podcast. Yep, I'm referring to the podcast. I've made a few changes to it since I started. First, I changed the name from the Feeding Made Easy Podcast to the Feeding Handbook Podcast because as I was going through it, I don't think that feeding is easy. I don't think it's that easy initially for our children who have feeding challenges. I can give you some ideas to help make it more simple, but I'm not sure I would be using the word easy. So I got rid of feeding made easy and switched over to the feeding handbook. I uh, guess handbooks are a, books or lectures or little short notes about how to make life easier for you. And that's kind of what I want to do, to help you to figure out how to make your life easier with the feeding. Second, I separate the podcast categories. If you go on drfk.com or feedinghandbook.com, you'll see three different categories of podcasts. One category is mindset. This is your mindset around the feeding. So you, you're, you, the parent, you, the mom, your mindset. 
um, I added the mindset category because I recently became a certified life coach and I went and did some life coaching. It's so helpful to use as a framework for understanding your brain, your emotions, and your thoughts. Okay, so what about the other two categories? There's one category about medicine. What are the middle aspects of your child's feeding behavior? What are some potential causes of picky eating, the limited diet, the lack of hunger, and the mealtime behavior? Is there a way to fix the picky eating? Why is your young child's appetite so low on some days? What does the field of medicine tell us about that and many of the other aspects of feeding in your situation? Okay, so that's the second category. It's all about that medical aspect of the feeding. It's general medical advice. It's not specific to your child because I am not your child's doctor, but I, I think it provides that medical piece that might be missing. Uh, the third category is the one where I would love your input. The third category has to do with mastery. I'm going to put some experts in the field into the mastery section, but I know of some other very good experts <laughs> in, when it comes to children with feeding challenges, and that's you. Guess who the experts are? You. I'm thinking about you, the listeners. I want you to go out and share your stories. I will keep them anonymous if you want, and I'll help you to go through the podcast. It'll just be like the two of us having a conversation. I just believe that your story regarding uh, being a parent or being a of a child with feeding challenges is so important. We need to raise awareness about that. So please share your stories. If you're not sure where to go share your stories, go to the Dr. Evka website, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-V-K-A website, uh, uh, or comment on the YouTube channel and let me know that you'd like to be featured in the story. If you go on that website, uh, drevka.com, if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the website in the footer section, there'll be a work with me section. Uh, just work with me. It'll say work with me right there. Just go over to there and email me and we can start a conversation. Okay. Anyway, back to my episode. I want to discuss New Year's resolutions and how you might be more likely to keep them because let's face it, you may have all of these things that you want to do in 2021, it's a new year, or maybe in a future year, if you're listening to the podcast sometime in the future, and hopefully COVID-19 isn't as big of a deal in the future, we'll see. Yet it can be hard to translate these hopes and dreams about the new year into transformative action. So whatever year it is, it can, you can have these thoughts about what you want to accomplish with in it, but it can be hard to actually accomplish this unless you have a plan. I want to talk to you about how you may be more likely to stick to your goals and to keep your New Year's resolutions. So this um, episode will be divided into three sections. In the first section, I'll discuss where you might be right now, like right this moment. In the second section, I will talk about how you can figure out your New Year's resolutions. In the third section, I will give you pointers on how you can better stick with them. Are you ready for the first part? Let's talk about where you might be right now. If you are like the majority of moms and even dads listening to me in my feeding handbook, you're currently living your life in reactive mode. And what do I mean by living life in reactive mode? I mean that life happens to you. The conditions around you, the struggles or the emergencies dictate to you how you live your life and where you spend your time. You are just busy dealing with life. 
and everyone's life is full of some degree of bad luck, limited opportunity, or relative disadvantages. You're dealing with making it from one day to the next or from going from one emergency to another. You're putting out the fires. You have days that you are running around like a chicken with your head cut off because of all the responsibilities, chores, and things to do based upon these circumstances. You're so busy reacting to what is happening in front of you that you have less time following through with your own goals. If this is your life, I so get it. When you have a young child, so much of your life centers around that child. Most young children crave a lot of attention from their parents, like a lot of attention. They turn to their parents to have their needs and desires met. They want to be with their parents so much of the time. When you look at them and their sweet, lovable faces, it's hard not to do everything that you can possibly do for them, being so ever present with them, spending time with them, really truly being present. Sometimes you wind up in situations where you are hugged out, touched out, noise over stimulated or putting yourself last. I'm sorry if any of these children are listening to this right now. We love children. We love them so much. Um, but it, it happens to all of us. We're human beings. Sometimes we get into these situations where we're hugged out, touched out, more overstimulated or putting, your, uh, putting ourselves last. You may be feeling especially tired if you have a child with significant challenges around food. Why? Because you're the mom or the dad who is spending hours each day catering to your child's food preferences. Because you are spending hours each day just trying to get enough nutrition into your child. Because you value that your child feeds in the better way so much because you want them to feed in a better way because you want fewer feeding challenges for them because you're scurrying around to various medical therapies or uh, feeding therapy appointments yes I get you this part is hard and it's time consuming Plus, many of you have other responsibilities. There are so many other things for which you are responsible. You move from one item on your to-do list to the next, not always feeling you have that much control. For instance, you have limited control with regards to when your child goes to sleep, goes to the bathroom, makes a particular huge mess that you then need to clean up, or so on limited control. I didn't say zero control, but the control piece really isn't completely there. You can't control another person. And when you're taking care of your child, your entire schedule isn't up to you. That's why I want to spend this next section talking about you. What do you need? What do you want for your New Year's resolutions? What do you want this next year to look like? How do you want it to be? Sometimes when you're so busy running around reacting to life, you don't have that much energy to think of you. If you finally had some me time, what would you do? Would you go exercise? Would you read a book? Would you catch up on social media? Would you go to online classes? Would you make something or create a piece of art? I have a good friend who would run straight to her craft room if she was given the chance as art helps her to feel more complete. But she is so busy taking care of three small children much of the time as a stay-at-home mom that you know, she loves to do art. She loves to do art with them. But she would like to do her more advanced art with herself and she can't do that. 
what would you do? Seriously, write down what you would do. Write down every single thing that you need to do, have to do, want to do, and so on. Write all down. Write down anything that you can think of that is important to you. Write down what your New Year's resolutions are or will be. Get everything out there where it's stored and it's in your brain right now, but you're going to put it on that piece of paper. I think of the analogy of cleaning and organizing my child's room when I write things down. Recently, I spent time organizing my child's room, and guess what I did first? I made everything in the room a complete mess, a disaster. <laughs> I threw all her toys and clothes on the ground. I put them in piles. I created a keep, store, and giveaway pile. I labeled boxes and drawers with what I wanted inside. Then I put everything back now that it was in categories. Her little figurines went to the drawer box that said little figurines. Her art supplies went into the art supply box. In the end, I had a nice organized room that now with labels could stay more organized. It's been so nice. Now when I find little figurines somewhere in the house, I know where to put them because there's a box that they go into. Are you going to spend time writing everything down, getting it from that place in your head, and then putting it down on paper so that then you, in that paper you can put it into categories on that piece of paper. You can categorize it, all the things you want to do, and you can categorize them into things having to do with your child's feeding or, or things having to do with you just getting some downtimes or things for having to do with doing more chores around the house or getting more things clean. Like you can categorize everything that you want to do once you have it written down into pieces of paper. And then what you do when you have categorized it, like you have a category that says all things having to do with my child and feeding, like this, this is my category, this is what I want to do. Then you want to prioritize this. You want to prioritize it. You can't accomplish everything all at the same time. You need to prioritize that list. What do you want, enjoy doing? What do you like to do? What can you do that no one else can do? I say this because not everything that you're doing is something that you yourself need to be doing. For instance, if you are grocery shopping but finding it hard to find time for it and you don't really enjoy shopping or grocery shopping, nowadays you can have food deliveries delivered to your house. I was recently introduced to the idea of having Whole Foods deliver foods to my house within two hours of ordering it through Amazon. It was so Nice. I think my friend who introduced me to it because it, food shopping is not something I always enjoy doing with everything else going on. Spend time writing things down and then prioritizing them. If so, you're ready for this next part. I'm going to show you one trick to get more things done. One trick. For some of you, this may be a game changer. It might be something that you haven't done before, or perhaps something you've done many different times. In that case, this will be a good refresher. What am I recommending? Take that list that you just created, that list, and transfer that list to your calendar. Schedule your week. Write down the top priority items that you need to do this week. Yeah, the top priorities. Write down when you will do them. Put them on the time slot on your calendar. That means that you need to get a general sense of how long that activity might take. For instance, let's say that activity consists of feeding your child. Now, 
you and I both know that some of our children could potentially take forever to eat one meal. I remember <laughs> they could take forever to eat my meal. My, uh, my uh, spouse is currently <laughs> feeding my child. and It's taking a long time. I remember these feeding sessions with my own child where it would take um, five minutes to have her eat one bite. One bite, one whole meal. That could take hours if I let it, but it can't. It shouldn't. There needs to be a time limit placed on this. We won't discuss time limits placed on feeding in this episode. For the sake of simplicity, let's say that you give your child 45 minutes to eat a meal. You put those 45 minutes into your calendar. You actually schedule them. You give your child 45 minutes to eat that meal. And you put this on your calendar multiple times a day. If your child has three meals and two snacks a day, this could take up a significant portion of your time. I get it. This is hard. What I want you to focus on in those 45 minutes per meal, it's on your calendar, start a timer. That's all the time that your child has until the next meal. That's it. Stick to that calendar. You have to put yourself into that deliberate mode. You have 45 minutes to help your child to have that meal. And that's it. If you're anything like me and 45 minutes later, your style has your child has only eaten about 10 bites, then you might want to stretch out that time period. You might feel like you need to get more into your child. Your urge might be to let go of that schedule and just spend more time with the feeding. Yet, then you're no longer being deliberate with your time slot. You're no longer using that calendar. You're not honoring that commitment that you made to the calendar and the hope that by using the calendar and sticking to a schedule, you're actually able to get more things done. I'm talking about getting more of the stuff that you want to get done. I'm talking about living by a schedule, creating a schedule every week based upon your time priorities and sticking to that schedule. I also want to give you an idea of how you can then use that schedule to carve out more personal me time prioritize things. Make sure that me time is a priority. If there's no time for me time, try to take away some other activity that is taking up time on your schedule, which you don't need to be doing. Previously, I gave the example of having groceries delivered to your door as opposed to going food shopping. Another example might be asking your children to help you with cleaning while they're awake instead of you picking up all their toys after they go to sleep. Perhaps that extra time that you otherwise spent on cleaning could be used for me time instead. What you do is you schedule cleaning with the kids into your calendar and you try to stick by it. And I know that part can be hard because if your child is anything like my child, cleaning is really not something that they want to do. And you might know this, a lot of resistance before things get better. If first, it might seem daunting to figure out how to live by a schedule. You're already so busy. How do you do even find the time to put together a schedule? I understand this. You're so busy in the day trying to get from point A to point B. What you've been doing is getting from point A to point B by walking. You know that you could also get from point A to point B by biking, and you think that biking would be more time efficient. However, you don't even have the time to learn how to bike. You're already so busy. What I'm asking you to do 
can seem like a lot. There are no guarantees that your schedule won't fall apart. In fact, if things are scheduled too tightly and you have a children <laughs> or a child who has feeding difficulties, I would be surprised if things didn't fall apart. Your children are their own people. Your child, if you have only one child, is their own person. You can't control them. If you need them to do the most things very quickly in order to get accomplished everything on your schedule, then it might be too much. We're looking at your schedule. Give yourself room for errors, room for things to take longer. If you were in a different stage of life when your schedule wasn't so based upon your child's schedule or we had plenty of help, then I think it would be easier to schedule almost every minute of the day. However, many of you, that's just not possible. For many of you, it's just not. Instead, what you can do is limit how much goes on your schedule. Give yourself extra wiggle room because you know that part of the schedule is dictated by your children and you can't control everything about the speed at which things get done. So here's a rec recap of the process. Number one, write down on paper those things that are important for you, your goals. Do this like brain shift to where they go from your brain, where they are onto a sheet of paper. Number two, categorize them. Kind of like if you're cleaning up a room and you throw everything from the shelves down to the floor and now you're putting things in that room into piles. Number three, prioritize the things in the piles. Figure out what most needs to get accomplished and what not so much. And number four, put the piles back into boxes. In other words, write down what you need to get down. Write down what those priorities are. And once you have that all written down, then put it on your schedule so you make sure to accomplish it. You want to create a new schedule for yourself every week. Pick a day of the week. Use that day of the week for creating that schedule and write down all those things that you're going to get them from your uh, list. So you're no longer looking at that week at your to-do list. You're looking at your schedule, which kind of tells you what things you need to get done that week. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. Any questions? I really hope that you accomplish as much as you want this year in uh, 2021 or in the future if you happen to be listening to this episode at some future time. And if you have questions about using that schedule to come up with your goals, let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. You can contact me by leaving something in the comment section of uh, this YouTube channel. Or you can contact me by going on my website, drfka.com. I'll leave um, information about it in the comment section of uh, this episode. Uh, I'm going to have a new course, a mini course ready for you in about two weeks time. So I look forward to seeing you for that. It's absolutely free. Just enter your email address. You get the course free. I hope you like it. And if you want to appear on my uh, 
podcast, let me know that as well. Otherwise, to hear more of episodes like this or to hear more about this episode, like it, subscribe to the channel. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Feeding Handbook Podcast, formerly known as the Feeding Made Easy Podcast. So glad that you're listening. See you here again around the same time next week. And if you want to share your story about your child when it comes to feeding, let me know. All right. Bye-bye.